Have you ever noticed that right before your greatest breakthrough, the greatest storms strike? But I'm glad to say Jesus was more than enough for the storm. He stood up and said, stop it, stop it, stop it. The waves stop, the wind stop, the storm stop. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, Tag a Friend, with our fourth and final message entitled, A Cry from the Tombs. Last time we were together, we saw how Jesus made a special trip across the sea just to reach a tragically demon-possessed man. Every time I read this story, I'm touched at how the Lord will traverse land and sea in order to touch just one person with his love and power. So let's get right to part two of the message, A Cry from the Tombs, and see how this powerful story ends. Seventh, Matthew's Gospel tells us he was very violent, and he would attack. He was exceedingly fierce, not to mention supernaturally strong. This guy was terrifying. And eighth, when Jesus demanded the name of the Spirit, he said, What is your name? Who are you that's in him? Out of this man spoke a voice, a legion, we are legion, for we are many. So he had multiple evil spirits tormenting him, day and night, shrieking, wandering, driven, can't rest, can't sleep. Here we have the full fruit and the full picture of what Satan wants to do to your life. Fascination with death, supernaturally strong. Do you see America here? Unable to rest, no self-control, self-destructive, obscene, violent. This man needed a deliverance and so does our nation. We need to be delivered. We need deliverance. We need to discern what the devil does to people and to cities and nations. Is America not grown obscene? Is America not increasing in violence? Has America not lost its self-control? Is America not grown and waxed self-destructive? Come on, church. And I got good news for you today. The same Messiah Jesus who walked up to this man and set him free can set America free. That's the answer for us. Now, I want to point out, it's important for us to remember that he wasn't always this way. He wasn't always this way. Following his deliverance, we see Jesus telling him to do this. Jesus said, go home and tell your friends what I did for you. So notice, Jesus let us know that this man had a home he used to live in. He had a house, he had friends, and I want to tell you, they married very young in those days, so I can very safely guess that he likely had a wife who had witnessed his terrible transformation into somebody she didn't recognize anymore. Happens all the time in our day. I have people tell me pretty often, I don't know them anymore. I don't know what's happened to them. 
I don't recognize this person. This is not the person I fell in love with. This is not the person I thought I knew. See, sometimes there's a psychological reason, chemical imbalance, that kind of thing. But there are other times when evil forces are at work and have gotten hold of that person and they need to be set free. Can you hear that today? They do. And I think I'm safe in saying if he had a wife, he probably had some children who had witnessed the same terrible transformation. Things finally reached the place where he couldn't stay in his house. He was driven from home and hearth to a life of pure hell, living in the tombs, no friends, lonely, isolated, tormented, desperate. This is what Satan does to people. Some of the ones that you're going to invite next week are experiencing things in their private life you don't know anything about. The enemy is after them and tormenting them. And next week, Jesus is going to be in the house. You probably know somebody just like this. Due to a radical personal transformation, they're no longer the person you knew. Maybe alcohol, maybe drugs, maybe involvement in some cult, or you just don't know what did it, but a door was open and they began to decline, and now their life has careened out of control, and now they live among the dead, among the lost of this world who are spiritually dead in a self-destructive lifestyle, and they need Jesus just like this man did. I can easily imagine this man's wife bowed in prayer at night. Oh, God, because she didn't know Jesus. She didn't know Jesus, but she knew there was a God. Oh, God, help my husband out there in the graveyards. I can imagine his little kids getting on their knees, knowing that he was out there and saying, oh, God, please touch my daddy. And you know what? There's children praying for their parents now. And there are spouses praying for their spouse, wives for husbands, husbands for wives. We know that if God doesn't do it, it's not going to get done. We are desperate. We need the Lord to move or it's not going to happen. But I came to tell you today that Jesus hears the cries, hears the prayers, and I'm going to prove it to you. When we cry out to God, there is a God who hears that cry. We serve a living God, and we serve a loving God. And He is not up there just flinging other planets into existence and ignoring the human race He created. His eye is on you. You are on His mind. I see in this story that God heard those prayers as all this was going on. You know where Jesus was? He was on the other side of the sea, way on the other side of the sea. But here's what I find in the Gospels when I just backtracked to the chapter before this one. He was going around. He was healing the sick. He was feeding the multitudes. He was teaching the multitudes. He was in the middle of a revival. And all of a sudden, Jesus unexpectedly, unexplainably changed course. All of a sudden, he changed direction. All of a sudden, he says to his men, go get in the boat. And I'm going to get in the boat. We're going to the other side. You know what the other side was? The other side that he pointed to was Gadara. The other side that he was talking about was where this man was crying out in torment with shrieks day and night. The other side is where the prayers of loved ones had risen to the throne room of God and God had heard those prayers and Jesus being God heard those prayers and those prayers turned Jesus from what he was doing with masses to focus on one man. One man. I want you to know, folks, 
that Jesus hears it when we cry out. See, some of you cried out last night. You said, God, please help me. I can't go on like this. This has got to change. Something's got to give. You cried out. I want you to know today that you were heard by a God who answers prayer. Some of you have cried out today. Some of you watching by streaming video right now are crying out. You're crying out and saying, oh God, if there is a God, help me. And you didn't tune into this by mistake. I'm telling you today, I'm looking right at you, in your home, in your office, Jesus has heard your cry. You have tuned in so you can have faith and turn to him. He says, get into the boat and let's cross over to the other side. Somebody was waiting on the other side of their obedience. Isn't it funny how when God tells us, take a step of faith, we have no idea how many people are waiting on the other side of our obedience. When God told us to get this building, I didn't know most of you. You were on the other side of my obedience. There's way more to come. Oh, it's a great blessing when you obey God because people that you don't know, that you haven't yet met, are always the recipients of your obedience. Somebody's waiting on the other side. And here was this man. Jesus heard the cry. Jesus changed direction. Jesus headed for Gadara. I don't have time today. I wish I could, but I don't to look at how a great storm arose when they decided to obey God. You know the story. Jesus gets in the boat. He goes to sleep in the helm of the boat. The disciples are, and they're about halfway across the sea, and a great storm arose, and they were afraid they were going to drown. They woke him up. He said, where's your faith? You know the whole story, but here's my point. Do you think maybe it's possible that the devil, who had this man so bound, so destroyed, he was wreaking havoc on an entire town. Do you think that the devil did not know working in the spirit arena? you think he could not have been behind this storm trying to stop the miracle from happening? Have you ever noticed that right before your greatest breakthrough, the greatest storms strike? But I'm glad to say Jesus was more than enough for the storm. He stood up and said, stop it, stop it, stop it. The wave stopped, the wind stopped, the storm stopped. Some of you are just about near, just about up on your breakthrough, and you're in a storm right now. You need to take heart by that story that he is riding the storm you're afraid of. He lands on the shore. He gets out of the boat. From a distance, the Bible says this man sees him, but not just the man but beings looking through his eye, personalities that knew exactly who Jesus was. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran up to him. I love that. Everybody say he ran up to him. Best thing you can do when you're bound up is run up to Jesus. He did the right thing. He ran to Jesus fell down before him and with a loud voice said, what have I to do with you? Catch this, folks. This is so profound. Jesus, son of the most high God, I beg you, do not torment me. This wasn't the man talking. This was personalities in the man. And I don't mean schizophrenic, multiple personalities in a person's confused mind. I mean, the Bible is clear. This was supernatural personalities talking out of him. 
I told you I was going to creep you out a little bit. Evil spirits were speaking out of him. And so this wasn't just one man meeting another. Let me tell you what this really was. This was light confronting darkness. This was truth confronting a lie. This was the kingdom of God confronting the kingdom of Satan. Last night, I was on Twitter. I want to get this right. And I got into a discussion with some of these people who are in the transgender lifestyle that has become such an issue in this Houston thing. And I've got to tell you, I was called names. I didn't even know existed. I said, what was that? I didn't. You know what I was very aware of? I was talking to more than people. I'm serious. I was talking to more than people. Paul said, we're not battling against flesh and blood. We're battling against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. That's who we're really battling, beings behind people. And they had a word with me last night. And I had a word back. I didn't have my own reaction back. I, had, I gave the word, capital W, back. And that made them even matter. And then I heard more words I didn't know existed. <laughs> I think they were making them up as they went along. I think, I think new ones were created last night. But I was so aware of the supernatural spiritual warfare aspect of all this. What gets me is this, these demons in this man knew his name. They said, Jesus, Son of the Most High God. They not only knew his name, but they knew about his divinity. They knew from whence he had come. They knew that he wasn't typical or normal. They knew that he was a supernatural man. They knew that he was God's son. They knew more than a lot of people know. No wonder James said the devils believe and they tremble. No wonder in the book of Acts when we read about the seven sons of Sceva trying to cast a devil out of a man and the devil spoke out of that man and said, Paul I know and Jesus I know. I know the name of Jesus. And they also knew something else. They knew that it would be he, Jesus, who would one day cast them into the pit of hell. They said, have you come to torment us before the time? Before what time? Before the time when the Bible says Jesus Christ will judge the nations of the world and he will say to them, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. You see, hell was never prepared for a human being. It was prepared for the devil and his fallen angels. Only when man rebelled and became an enemy of God by sin did he become a candidate for that place that only the devil was intended to go. These demons in Matthew 8, 29 are admitting that there is a set time where they're going to be judged and they want to know, what are you doing here before the time? Notice they're not fighting, believing they're going to win the battle against God. They're fighting to carry as many with them as they can before their time comes. They make a prayer to Jesus. It says they begged him saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. We need to occupy something. And he said to them, I love this, go. Immediately the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine 2,000 of them, the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. Now, all the while, you got people watching this, and you can only imagine. Here's the people that have been hired to feed the swine. 
here's some of the townsfolk, and they're watching this happen in front of them. And I want to promise you, they're freaking out all caps. Because all of a sudden, there's strange voices talking out of this gathering demoniac. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, go. After those voices said, let us go into the pigs. As soon as he said, go, all the pigs get violent and run into the sea and drown. So no wonder it says they fled into town. And they told the owners of the swine and the townspeople what had happened. And I love this. What did they see when the whole town came out? On the testimony of these men, they saw a set free man. Oh, this is powerful. Notice how this once pitiful man is described. They came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting. Now, that's relevant. Sitting. What does it mean? He's no longer frantic. He's no longer unable to rest. He's no longer driven, no longer running wildly through the wilderness, in the mountains and in the tombs. He's sitting. That's talking more about posture. It's talking about his disposition. He had peace. Some of you can't sit still. You know what the Bible says in Psalms 46.10? Be still. Be still, knowing that I am God. Worry and fretting makes you get frantic and always on the move and can't sleep. But when you just know that he's God and he's got it, you can sit still. So he was sitting. But more than that, he was clothed. You know what that means? His morality had been restored. He was no longer obscene and indecent. His morality had been restored. Now he had morality and decency. He's clothed. He's in his right mind. That's the third thing. He was in his right mind. Thank God the Bible says he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He takes crazy people and makes them sane. I was talking to my mother this week. She's probably watching. I was talking to her this week, and we were talking about somebody we know who has a level of psychosis, and we were talking about praying for them, and she said, well, Jeffrey... The Lord did it for you. He can do it for him. I said, wait a minute, mother. I had some problems, but I wasn't psychotic. She said, well, you almost were. Two prayers were prayed at the end of this story, and I'm going to close with this. Two prayers were prayed, one sad prayer and one glad prayer. The sad prayer, watch this. It's the saddest prayer in the whole Bible. You want to know the saddest prayer in all of Scripture? It's this one. It says the businessmen and the townspeople prayed that Jesus would go away. Then they began to plead with him. They begged him to depart from their region. Remember when I talked about the shady lady, woman at the well? Do you remember that when all the townspeople came out to see who she had been talking about, she brought the whole town out there? And when they met Jesus, they begged him to stay in their town. They wanted him to stay in their town. And Jesus stayed two days because he was asked to stay. This town's the opposite. Go away. Go away. Leave us. You know what they're saying? We're choosing business and money and pigs over you. Church, is that not what America's doing? We don't want you in our schools. We don't want you in our public square. We don't want you in our sports arenas. We don't want you. Get out of here. Leave us alone. When in fact, we need to be saying, oh, come. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Come on in. Come on in. Kumbaya. Come by here.
You know what the scary thing is? He answered that prayer. He got back into his boat and sailed away. And as he sailed away, their deliverance sailed away, their salvation sailed away, their peace sailed away, their answer sailed away. The second prayer was from the delivered man. He who had been possessed begged him, both were begging, both parties begged, begged him that he might be with him. Can I just be with you, Jesus? Can I just hang around with you, follow you, get in the boat with you, go where you go, do what you do? I just want to be with you. Jesus answered the prayer, but not the way he wanted. He said, no. He said, I have something better for you. Anytime Jesus doesn't answer your prayer the way you want, he has something better. So he's not letting you cheat yourself. He answered. He said, no, here's my plan for you. I want you to go home. Say hello to your little wife. Let her see that your face has peace. Hug your children. Get into your residence. Go back home. Go to your friends. Tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. Don't keep it to yourself. You've had a miracle. Call your little dog to you. Come here, Spot. Before he was under the bed every time you came home. Now he doesn't need to be afraid. You know what he did? He became a fiery, red-hot, devil-stomping, Christ-exalting evangelist. The Bible says he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis. Decapolis was called Decapolis because it was a place of ten cities. He said, man, I'm not just going to go home. I'm going to keep on going, and I'm going to tell ten cities what the Lord has done for me. So he went and preached one city, another city, another city. And many came to know Jesus because of this one man who was set free. Well, that's it for this time. My, how time flies. I hope you enjoy the message and that your faith is built in Jesus' power to deliver us from the power of evil. Join me again next time as we begin a brand new life-changing series called Two Keys to Knowing God's Will. I know it's going to bless and edify you, so don't miss it. Now, don't go anywhere because we've got some important Life Talk news to share with you. Cry from the Tombs is the last message of Pastor Jeff's series, Tag a Friend. You can own a copy of this four-CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Tag a Friend, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. 
Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand. Today's broadcast or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. And you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.